Okay, so we are starting now, and we are going today to give the last thoughts of this first strategy, and then, of course, because it's Wednesday, to give the entire next strategy. So we are in the first approach, and we said in the first approach, we use our minds to really, really think, to really focus on how I'm really not as holy as I thought I was, and there's really a lot of different things I can think about that can make me realize that I'm, I'm much further from Hashem than I thought. And again, because this is a Benoni, the, the ideas are subtle, and for ourselves, on one level, we could just take the concept and fill in the blanks with our own thoughts that make us realize how far we are, how further than we realize we are. Or we can look at these four thoughts because each one of them has a lot of messages, even though we not, we're not limited to these four, and a Benoni is pretty limited. So the first thought of the four was to realize that you have desires against Hashem's will. Like if you're really so connected to Hashem and you really love Hashem so much, then how can you be desiring the opposite of His will? The second thought was, looking back at the sins of your youth, if you had some severe occurrences when you were younger, and of course you've repented for them, but on a certain level, unless you did a high tshuva, tshuva me'ahava, in which case the sin, transgression, is totally turned around and actually becomes a mitzvah. But if not, then the Avera itself could come back if you've grown spiritually and your truth is not per your current reality. The third idea that we said yesterday was being a master accountant, thinking of everything you've done in your life because anything wrong opens yourself up chambers of impurity that have a grip on you that continue to give you these unwanted energies. And today, the fourth thought uh, is your dreams. Meaning a person for whom the first three aren't working, quite holy, but what's going on in your dreams? If you're really holy, your dreams will be holy too. A truly holy person, actually secrets of terror reveal to him in his dreams. And this applies as well today. But if we're not as holy as we're thinking, then the impurities of our, of our randomness by day can come back to us at night in dream. We could be vulnerable. We could be susceptible to, to forces of evil, actually, or negativity in our thoughts because what we dream of by day, by night, I'm sorry, is really a conglomeration of all of the kalipa of the day that is being discarded as we dream. In other words, the Rabbeim, really starting from the Alter Rebbe, many of the Rabbeim analyze the idea of dreams and explain, in essence, that a dreaming is very, very important. Dreaming strengthens our minds. Dreaming purifies us. Because if we don't dream... All of the clepas of the day, all of the random thoughts of the day with all of their clepas are clinging to us. And then at night, when our Hashem is supposed to ascend to Hashem, it's like weighed down. It has this barrier of all of these clepas thoughts. So what happens? A person at night, all of these thoughts are like detached from his mind. 
and heart, you know, like I imagine them like shaken up in a bag and then spewn out as a dream. So this is really a process of discarding the unwanted thoughts. We're releasing them by dreaming of them. So dreaming is actually very healthy. Healthy for our mind, it strengthens the mind, clears the mind, and healthy for our neshama. It detaches from the neshama the klipa thoughts of the day. So dreaming is very healthy, very good for my mind, very good for my neshama. But, the Rebbe is saying, the fabric of your dreams is what you thought about by day. So if in your dreams you're dreaming of things that are not so good, which you never think about that consciously, but hey, this is a dream, Whatever says that implies something. It's implying something about what's going on inside of you that that could be the caliber of your dreams. So analyze your dreams. In other words, if you're so good that none of the other things worked, you know, you're not really desiring what Hashem doesn't want, and you don't have big sins on record, and you can't really relate to this negative thoughts or actions or speech from your past. All right, well, check out your dreams. Are your dreams all as holy as they should be? Because if you're truly holy, your dreams should be holy as well. That is the last of the four thoughts of the first approach. And it's a very powerful approach. It's very strong. If a person sincerely follows it, he will break his heart. He will break the grip of the animal soul. He will release his soul from the clutch of the Tim Halave. And he'll probably be a bit depressed. And we're going to discuss how to deal with that in Chapter 31. But now we're going to give a different strategy. And the different strategy, as I explained yesterday, is probably for a person who's more emotionally oriented. Because for an emotionally oriented person, he can use his very strong emotions and use them as a vehicle, again, to do the exact same thing we've been trying to do, which is to destroy this klipa, this animal soul energy within him. And basically, the Rebbe says, of course, we don't have that much time, unfortunately, to discuss it. And it's a long, it's shorter than the previous approach, but it has less. But basically, what we're saying is, pull out your anger. Again, people that have a tendency to anger, this is an easier approach. If someone really never gets angry and really has a, would find it very difficult to be angry, Forget this approach. It's not for you. But for someone who does relate to anger and has it inside of them on some level, utilize your anger. Pull out all of your anger and get angry at your Yetzirah. Get angry at it. Why are you angry at it? Look what it's doing. You're evil. You're ugly. You're disgusting. You're despicable. Scream at it mentally. No, so don't you think you're crazy. But scream at your evil inside of you. How long are you blocking me from seeing God? I know this whole world is godliness. I know it's all the Abishter, but I don't see the Abishter. Why do I look at the world and not see the Abishter? Because of you. Because this force of evil inside of me is blocking me from seeing the truth, the reality of the Abishter's existence. And keep pouring and pouring and pouring anger on the evil inside of you. And you know what's going to happen if you really, really sincerely pour anger on it? It will shrivel up. Why will it shrivel up? Because evil only has as much power as we give it. This is really very deep strategy in terms of its underlying premise, and it's very practical. I know I'm moving quickly, but if we could think of this idea, evil has as much power as I give it. If I think, 
something, I'm vivifying it by my thoughts, by my energy, by my belief in it. So in our just normal status quo reality, we believe a lot in our Yitzhar and our evil inclination. We believe a lot in the concealments of the world. We believe a lot in all the reality and boxes and limitations that surround us. We have a lot of belief in them. And our belief in them vivifies them. Our belief in them energizes them. So right now, if you could truly, truly scream and be disgusted and be angry at the, the chutzpah, the audacity of this evil inclination inside of you, if you could really do that, you are completely removing from it any of your energy. You are not going to energize it one bit. And if you're not energizing it, it doesn't have energy. Which would mean two amazing things would happen now. One amazing thing is it would no longer be blocking you. And since it wouldn't be blocking you, you would not have this barrier of Tinsim Halev. You destroy the energy, so you destroy that which gives them the barrier. If your evil is gone, so is that barrier. Additionally, there's something else amazing that's going to happen here. For as long as you can maintain the intensity, disgust of your absolute abhorrence of the evil inside of you, it's not going to be there. Which means all of the blockages that it normally causes won't be there. In other words, why don't we see Hashem in this world? Because of all of those barriers. So temporarily, as long as you could maintain the intensity of that disgust, those barriers would be gone. You would see the Abishter. You would see the Abishter. Really, you would. In the world, you'd look and see godliness. Because the godliness would not be blocked by the evil that you believe in and therefore operates for you. And the Rebbe goes into a pretty deep exposition on this idea of does evil really have reality? And the Rebbe explains that it's a yes and a no. Of course it doesn't have any reality. I mean, what is it? It's, it's, it's the absence. It's the illusion. It's the ghost town. It's not real. But for a Jew, it does have some reality. It has reality to be a barrier to truly block you if you let it. In other words, when we look at the world, we say, what do you mean evil is a reality? ISIS is a product of my fantasy. It's not really happening. What I hear about in the news is all figments of imagination. But it doesn't have real reality. Its reality is only being fed it by Kedusha to create challenge, to create an opportunity for us to see past it and through it and negate it, deny it, not accept it, not believe in it not give into it, not fear it. So it has as much reality as God is giving it, but it's not really its own reality. It's really the reality of Kedusha that is being given to this Klippa only for the sake of the Jews' challenge, of the Jews' Bechira, of our choice. So when we overcome it, and we say, no, I reject this. I'm not giving this any credence. You actually fulfilled your purpose, its purpose, and you removed it. Because that's what it's all about, negating it. 
And then the Rebbe goes into a very long example, very, very unusual for Tanya, almost the page of Tanya, where the Rebbe says, I, I want to prove this to you. I want to show you this really works. Because it seems like, oh, come on, I'm just going to scream at the evil inside of me and it's all going to go away. And I was like, look, that's what happened. And I'm not going to go into a lot of the details, but in the Italian, the Rebbe goes at length to what happened after the sin of the spies. When the Jews were like, oh my gosh, no, they were crying that whole night, where they went to Israel, calamity, calamity. And then what did my sure thing to do? He didn't show them any miracles. He screamed. He screamed and expressed God's wrath at this evil that they were truly caught in the net of believing that God forbid Hashem doesn't have the power to overcome the kings of the land of Israel. But Hashem wouldn't be able to bring them to Israel, and Hashem wouldn't be able to overcome the nations there. And what happened after Misha screamed? Suddenly, they said, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, let's go. We want to go. We want to go. We want to go. So what happened? Misha didn't show any miracles. He didn't do anything to convince them of God's abilities. Before, they were saying, no, no, God can't do it. God can't do it. Over Egypt, okay, one nation, God had power. But over the 31 kings in the land of Canaan, no way, that's too much for God. And then Moshe screams and says how angry God is at them. Oh, all right, yeah, 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 you're right, God can do it, let's go. What happened? What happened is the screaming removed the barriers, the force of Kalipa, and when the force of Kalipa is gone, of course a Jew knows God can do it. And then the river brings a very important bottom line, which is, both in dealing with anyone else in your reality and in dealing with yourself, we're all believers. We're all believers. Every single Jew is a believer. And if we ever think we're not, we're believers. It's just that that evil inside of us, we've energized enough that it's covering over our national belief. God doesn't have to show miracles. We have to deflate that seeming power by not energizing it. When we can, either by the technique here, scream, anger, remove consciously any life we give it, or any other technique, remove the barriers, every Jew is a believer. Every one of us is a believer. You are a believer. And any Jew you ever encounter, we are all believers. And that was in extreme briefness, extreme brevity, the time of today. Very powerful ideas. A lot, a lot to work on. Good night. Question?